What's up, everyone? What's up? And welcome to another episode of One Faith. It's your boy, T. Um, and today we have a special guest with us. Um, we have, um, man, an amazing man of God. Uh, he is um, a, an awesome individual. I, I remember when we first connected, we talked for almost an hour or a good hour. <laughs> Just going through everything, man, and just having a great conversation. Um, this is my brother. This is my bro, um, Pastor Paul Ibarra. Um, out of I, I, I don't know why I, I think I put Fort Worth, Texas, up there, but I think you you can correct when we get up here. But we have him here with us today. Welcome to the stream. Welcome to One Faith. It is a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing, man? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much, bro. Um, I. I recently moved from Fort Worth, um, so I am I am now in Greeley, Colorado. I am in the Rockies, um, and just loving it, man. Loving it, man. So I'm I'm very uh, thankful and grateful for you bringing me on, and uh, excited to get into this conversation, man. Definitely, man. Oh man. So uh, apologies to everyone. I know we usually come on at six, but um, I just I had a clubhouse room that literally lasted longer than expected. Um, we had an awesome time. Um, man, I'm, I'm still in, in awe over that conversation and still trying to process everything right now with that. Um, we, the pot, uh, the room that we had in clubhouse was, um, based off of, uh, my bro, uh, shout out to elder, um, Dominic Beaumont and his podcast, uh, season was sought. Um, he just released a, an episode entitled, um, uh, are you the reason why Little Nas is la- giving Satan a lap dance? Um, and it was, I listened to the podcast and it was spot on. It was powerful. Um, and so with that, you know, we had an entire, entire conversation about that. And it just so happened um, a member of the LGBT, well, a couple members of the LGBTQ community popped up, um, shared their heart and their stories. And man, it just wrecked me. Um, it wrecked me to my core. Um, and I know people be like, oh, I used to change this wreck you and this, that, and third. Forget y'all. But <laughs> right. <laughs> but it literally wrecked me to my core to hear the stories um, that they shared. And my God, I mean, I don't even want to jump to that series. I'm actually doing a series and it's just so amazing. I feel like this is why God probably put put this series in my heart. Uh, I'm doing a series in June, a Pride Month series in June. Uh, specifically uh, for the LGBTQ community, um, because I feel like we don't listen enough. I feel like we don't do our part as being Christians to that community. Um, And I already have some amazing guests lined up for that. But uh, before I even jump to that, I mean, I've already skipped two months. That's... (laughs) I skipped the whole two months and and, and started talking about that. But we have the uh, Holiness is Still Right series that's coming up. That is with the uh, Young Minister series. Um, we have some amazing and dynamic young preachers that's coming up. Um, if you saw the background, you know, you saw the the talent that we got. You saw the amazing men and women of God we have that's going to join us. Um, and I truly believe that you're going to have an awesome time uh, with us. Next week, we're kicking it off with uh, Minister uh, Kimberly McLean uh, of New Jerusalem, New Jerusalem Cathedral out of um, Greensboro. Uh, she serves with uh, my bro. Uh, shout out to Marcus Witherspoon, um, our Minister Marcus Witherspoon. He is my co-host. Uh, he's not with us today. It's all good. Um, he he has another engagement. But, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, I'm excited to hear her, you know, uh, she, I've, I've, I've heard a little bit of her preaching and I'm like, man, yeah, she got it. So I'm excited to kick it off with her and just throughout the entire week, man, it's going to be just an amazing and amazing experience. So I'm not sorry, entire week, the entire two months, cause it's, it's going right. from, from April to the end of May. So I decided to bring my bro, my, my, my homie, <laughs> my homie. <laughs> the home slice, the home slice, pass the bar up. Um, prior to this series kicking off, um, mainly because, you know, we had an amazing conversation. Um, you know, he shared his testimony. I shared mine um, and it's similar. And it was just, man, like I said, in the opening, we st- we talked for a good hour just about, you know, our testimonies. And 
and man, we were just getting excited and just getting really, you know, there. And <laughs> when podcast, we should have just hit the record button then, <laughs> right, right, because <laughs> we literally had a lot of content in that. But when podcasters and, and and preachers get together, it's always like a good time. I've I've not met a preacher that I've talked to that the conversation did not go a long time. Like you know, and that yeah. just shows the heart of each and every one of the um, you, you guys. But mm-hmm. um, I, I definitely I'm happy to have you on because I think that you know your testimony is powerful. Um, it's spot on. Um, I'll try not to get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, and then we're actually going to pivot. We're going to talk a little bit about the dangers of trends and influence. Um, mm. and, and and really, it, it's stemming off of a lot of what we're seeing trending right now um, and what we are part of in this society and this culture. So, uh, Pastor Ibarra, man, I'm, I'm excited um, to bring you up. What uh, introduce yourself, let people know where they can find you, what, what, you know, your ministry, all that good stuff. Man, I appreciate it, TJ. Thank you so much for even having me on. Um, I know that, uh, that this conversation is going to go well just because God is in the midst of it all. Uh, so I am, uh, Pastor Paulie Barr, Coach Paul. Um, you can find me at setfreelife.net. Uh, matter of fact, I am getting ready to launch a book in June, and I just got my link for a free download for all of your listeners um, for my for my top 10 tips, uh, because the book is going to be called Your Life Tips with Coach Paul. And so what that entails is everything that not everything, but a lot of my hot nuggets from life um, and bringing them into a perspective uh, that isn't very churchy. Um, if I make sense, you follow what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, you and I spoke before and I'm very streamlined. Like I, I ride that fence like right there. Um, you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and, and like dropping it in a way to where the unbeliever, the Buddhist, the Muslim, everyone can read it, but there's, there's Christ in there to where people are like, there's something different about these life skills. And so they can go to setfreelife.net right on the top banner. It'll say top 10 tips click here, enter your email, you get the download and it's got 10 of my fire hits um, that will help you be set free. And so um, my ministry is called Set Free Life. So setfreelife.net. And how that all started was, um, you want me to start there or just my testimony? Um, Start there. Start there with how it all started and then we'll get to the testimony after the break. Cool. Sounds good. So Set Free Life began as a life group, really, um, out of the church, Um, the church that we were involved in, the church we were rocking with. Excuse me. Um, And uh, it was a life group. It was basically a a spinoff of Overcomers, which is 12 step program. And so throughout time, you know, quickly, we began to realize when I say we is me and my wife begin to realize that the people we were working with uh, weren't even addicted. They were coming in. They were battling with suicide. They were battling homelessness. They were battling real life issues. Um, some of them were delivered from drugs and alcohol. But for, for the most part, we were really, truly seeing the widow, the divorced mom, the single mom, the single dad, uh, the abused, the uh, cutters, all of these different ailments that are really the problem. And so from there, we just it was a hardcore ministry. I mean, we, we hit the streets of Fort Worth, Dallas, Texas, um, feeding the homeless, talking, going to the prisons, doing prison ministry, bringing everyone along with us, doing what we do. Um, and it just, it, it just slowly morphed into more of a down the line, more of a, a, a coaching style, helping people through these aspects of life. And it was honestly, it was a, 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 a hard transition for me because um, it was spreading the gospel in a way that everyone could understand. Um, and so when I started looking at it, I'm like, you know, Jesus, Jesus spoke in parables. Jesus spoke in stories. Jesus spoke in regular life experience. And so when that began to shift, there was a lot of, there was a lot of feedback from a lot of people like, man, like y'all don't do ministry the way it's supposed to be done. I'm like, well, show me the template on how it's supposed to be done. Uh, Cause if you could produce that for me, I would gladly do that. But from what I hear and read, it's spreading the gospel no matter where you go. And so, you know, long story short, um, we began our, um, our home church in 2019. 
um, in the middle of the year. Um, and it just started blowing up. We just started having people come into our house, more of a, not a Bible study, but more of a, just more teaching versus the on fire preaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I just felt in, in the spirit, like, you know, people are tired of hearing the preacher screaming. Um, they want to understand the word, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, now when the Holy spirit starts moving, then yeah, I'm, I'm preaching like, Hey, da, 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 da. but at the same time, it's like, if we could just, if we can make it practical in, in a, in a spiritual revelatory way to where they can understand, um, then that's where it's at. And so like you, you know, I'm all about the graphics. I'm all about, about the, about the online presence and all that. It's a whole different ball game. And so I really believe that even just part of this topic is going to just run into the whole trends. You know, there are some trends that we do have to follow because that's what people, people are trendy. You know what I'm saying? And so through that, it was like just amazing how God worked. Um, I feel like I got saved like 20 times in like the last six years just because of people that I ran into and, pe- and people seeing people's lives being restored and really, truly set free uh, from their stuff, you know, and being able to to have that freedom. And so the whole premise of the ministry is we've had those conversations where people are like, but Jesus sets us free. I said, absolutely. He does. However, the Bible even talks about how can the people follow if there's no pastor to teach them? Right. If there's no teachers, if there's no administrators, if we all have those gifts. And so being able to help people understand their freeness really, truly removes the burden of self. And so when when we apply those and teach those, that's what has caused us to be where we're at today. We do probably 90 percent of our ministry is online. Uh, The other 10 is just through the local neighborhood and community. Um, But. Honestly, we just moved here in the wintertime. So in, in Denver, Colorado area, uh, ain't nobody out in the streets eating eating hot dogs. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. So I'm excited because springtime's here. The weather's breaking. And I'm like, I can't wait to see what kind of battleground God has positioned me in in this in this season. So that in a nutshell is that's where we started. And then that's where we're at now. Man, I love it. I love it, man. So how is it going to look like after, you know, we get back to some sort of normalcy? You know, how how is the how are the meetings, how is church going to look like for you? How is it going to look like for me? Man, I think it's going to it's going to look like for me it's going to be the same thing that we started in Dallas, Texas, which is in my home. Um because for me, so here's the vision. The vision is this. And I had no idea that, you know, other other ministries were already doing it. But I picture a house church, right? The house church gets it starts to expand. It gets a little bit uncomfortable. Right. But you got people that are coming. You got friends that are inviting friends from maybe two or three miles down the road. Okay, so we start getting tight. All right. So now we take you that's two or three miles away. And now we start a church in your house, a gathering. Right. And it's all telecasted. It's all through Zoom. It's all through, you know, through uh, technology. And now we've got satellite churches in homes. And now we're taking church to the community instead of asking the church to come. Or, I mean, the the community to come to church. That's the vision. And that's the vision that I've had for probably five or six years now. And now it's starting to come to pass. And we started it before the pandemic and it was working. I mean, we were already busting out at the seams and it was like, all right, what's next? And then everything shut down. So then it was like, okay. And even at that time, right before the pandemic, we got a building. But the minute that we walked into that building, it the whole, the whole, um, the whole vibe just changed. It it just, it just totally changed. So for me, for us, for Set Free Life, I believe that um, we'll still be doing house ministry and really, truly just getting out there and just spreading the gospel, hitting the homeless shelters, hitting all of these food banks um, and find out what find out the pain points that are in this area. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 what I'm looking for, because every culture is different. And I and I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about culture. This is Colorado. This is Denver. This is a place where 
everybody's getting high. Yeah. Everybody's a little bit slower. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, you go to a restaurant here, it's not like Dallas. Within five, 10 minutes, you're served. 20 minutes later, you're out. Here, you sit down, it's like 15 minutes till somebody comes up. 15 minutes later, they're barely bringing the order. Twenty. So you're there an hour, 20 minutes. It's a whole different community. And so that's what I'm excited for because I've been in this hibernation mode. I've been here in the lab, just working and grinding and doing writing books and all that stuff. But now it's like, all right, it's time to come out of the tent to go see what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I actually like that model. And what ha, as you were explaining it, it, it made me think about another pastor I, I've interviewed. Um, I've actually had on a, on a panel discussion um, and he's a good friend of mine. Um, gosh, his name is escaping me. It'll come back in a second. But he's <laughs> a good friend of mine. But uh, he he did the similar thing, you know. He was tired of the I would say the 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 big church feel with the lack of I would say intimacy, um, with the lack of you know really getting to know people. And it was like, oh, we're just really want people in here because we want their money, we want their ties. But you know, he created a church where he literally every offering that they received. They gave it away. It was a it was a house church, you know. Every wow. they received, they gave it away to the community. Right, like, man, it's amazing to see that that type of work is actually being done. Mm-hmm. And he's led many ministries. He has amazing books. I mean, let me see if I can. I know his name. It's just not hitting me right now for some strange reason. It's not hitting me. I, I'm still tore up from <laughs> from Clubhouse. <laughs> No, I get it, brother. I get but it. Man. At the same time, but it, it made me think about how, you know, doing ministry in that unique space, in this unique way, right. you know, as we're going back to normal, you know, and it makes me think about the future of the church, how things are going to look, you know, are we really going to totally abandon um, how church has already has always been, or are we going to continue to cling to, you know, the the traditional norms of the church, you know, and it just makes me think, you know, how can, you know, God move and continue to move and flow uh, with the way that we're doing things now. But at the same time, it's like, you know, he always finds a way to move. You know, he's God. He doesn't need a building. All he needs right. is people to assemble. All he needs is one person to get up, be on fire, have the word, and it'll spread like wildfire. Amen. And that's all it takes. I mean, you've seen it with the things that you're doing in your ministry. Uh, his name is Keith Giles. Uh, Keith Giles. He he doesn't like to be called Pastor Keith. Giles. <laughs> but uh, but man, I mean, you guys are doing a similar work, and it just makes me think. You know, a lot. If you even if you look in the Bible, a lot of the great churches in the New Testament, I would say post Paul era or Paul era. Um, you know, were made out of the church, out of the home. You know, there were a lot right. of house ministries. You know, Priscilla and Aquila they opened up their house for for ministry. You right, know, it was a lot of that going on, and so it it makes me it almost makes me like kind of think. You know, I feel like God literally did you know this whole pandemic season um, for a reason. You know, so that we can focus back on you know the core essentials, or as some would say, um, of you know what it's like to really be intimate, get close with people, um, even though we're socially distant, but we're able to, you know, you're all the way in Texas, you know, we're, we're able to have conversations, connect with each other and be right. intimate and get, get to know each other on that level. When I say intimate, I'm not talking about nasty intimate y'all. So get that out your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, crazy, I'm talking about, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, getting to know another, know each other more than you know them right now. So yeah, man, I love it. I really love the model. And I think that, you know, a lot of people are going to, are going to adopt it eventually. I think that it's funny because like, when you think about it, when COVID hit, um, a lot of the big churches, you know, they were impacted greatly, but they were already kind of ahead of the a curve on it because mm-hmm. like you said, with satellite campuses, a lot of the big churches have satellite campuses. Right. So nothing for them to be like, oh, well, since you're already, you know, streaming church, you can, just, you can do it at the house. Yep. <laughs> or you can right. automatically just, you know, create a group and, you know, you guys can discuss. And that has really blossomed 
in this season. And right. I feel like it's not going to go away. You know, a lot of people actually love that that type of church. They love that. And I don't think we 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 do any justice by condemning it. But I think that, you know, we can really speak to the core nature of a, of a person who just loves that type of environment because not everybody's going to get it in the, in the, in the building. Right. You know, like you said, the vibe was off because you created something that wasn't meant to be contained within the four walls of a church. Right. So it's, it's the vibe is automatically going to be off. And for some people who have gotten used to that, you know, it'll be hard for them to adjust to that, but right. this is not to condemn churches. You know, I, I love church. Right. I'm not yeah. saying it's not what we're saying. Yeah, I, I miss going to church. I ain't gonna lie, but you know, I love that model, the uniqueness, just being being different. You know, thinking about how we can get the gospel out in a unique way. It's like what the Bible right. says: "He who wins souls is wise." Right? Absolutely. What's you that? know, you know, it's it's uh, crazy that you say that. Actually, it's 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 a a, a huge blessing to hear that because, um, like you said. We're not here saying I'm not here saying, you know, church buildings ain't good. I, I was I was saved in one. Right. But I was literally saved on my couch. And then I went to church that same day and said, I'm going to run to that altar. Right. So so buildings are essential. Buildings are on purpose. Right. But I heard something on Clubhouse yesterday. I was in this room. And matter of fact, it was it was my room. Um, we were talking about, are you ready to be bold? And so one of the guys came in, Dr. Dr. Wellness came in and uh, he was like, there was this quote of this movie that said, if you look at the lion in the zoo, you could tell which lion was was brought in from the wild. And then you can also tell the lion that's already been in captivity for 10 or 15 years because of the eyes. There's something in the eyes. And so while. While you were talking about there's something different in a home church, it's community. You got people that are raw. You got people that that feel more open yep. to say, you know what? I got some I got some effed up stuff going on. Yep. Like I need to talk to somebody. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So let's talk. You follow mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Versus going into a building thinking because of their perception and their perspective of what a building is. Y'all just had that conversation in Clubhouse about yeah. how people think of the church, right? And so don't base Christianity off of another Christian's uh, behavior, right. per se, right? Mm-hmm. And so in that, we were creating community. And now that we're doing Zoom, bro, listen, on a Facebook Live, because we do wake up in the word every every weekday morning, 6.30 a.m. Central, just that 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 shameless plug but um <laughs> but since this community has started we're on episode today was i think 206 that's that's a, that's a lot of episodes every morning i'm up at 3:30 here in here in denver however two two three weeks ago as a community online and this is giving god all the glory we were able to raise a thousand dollars wow on on a facebook live using streamyard a thousand dollars in 12 hours to pay somebody's rent because they lost their job Amazing. and they have four kids, right? Through our online ministry via Zoom within our own community, we've been able to help some of the sisters that are that are struggling. What do you need? We all come together. That's where the tide goes. And so when the tide still comes in, it still comes in, but we're also given to organizations that are hitting the prisons that are doing the things that we as a small church don't do. Right. So we're looking, so I'm just putting that out there. We're looking for ministries that are out there doing the things that set free life isn't doing so that we can see what they're doing. So, because the tithe is currency, it's currency. You follow what I'm saying? And so that's, that to me is the power of being able to bring community together. My very first message whether it was in a home or not, my very first message was tithe. And I told them, listen, it's not about tithe so that we can pay the lights. Tithe is obedience. Mm. It's an obedience factor between you and God. And I want you to understand the power of tithe. And if you could understand that, then you have no problem. That was the very first sermon that I, that I preached after that, I did a four week sermon on it's a heart matter. 
straight up a heart matter. Mm. And then we went into this series called Framed. Everyone has this frame of mind of lenses. Life is nothing but snapshots and lenses and how we look. And so I was literally discipling the church. And I'm talking, these were some raw people. And now even uh, now we meet with people that are in Florida every Sunday morning, Oregon, Texas, Colorado, and Wyoming, all on Zoom, right? But we're all a community. When we're when I'm done teaching, we break for 10 minutes. Everyone goes goes and grabs their food, and we have online online uh, fellowship. What you eating on? What you eating on? And we just sit there. We talk for about another 20, 30 minutes, and we build community. And I just believe that's what it was intended to be from the beginning, was literally going house to house. Like Jesus said, he sent out the 70, go house to house. They don't receive you, shake your dust off your feet, keep it moving, right? It was 300 years after Christ's death that the building was established. Now, again, I'm not condemning the building. I'm not condemning anyone who's doing that, but I totally agree with what you said. This season of COVID was on purpose. There was some purpose behind it to get our mindset in a whole different perspective, to find out what's valuable, what 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 really matters and how we can really truly grow this church without the just the same old mundane going to church every Sunday to a building, come home and we're done. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so Man, that that's just my passion, bro. No, I love man, it. I love it too, man. I love I love what you're doing. And since you since you went there, let's I'm gonna put this little shameless plug here. <laughs> <laughs> so for those who's listening um, and have been following the podcast, we do a monthly giveaway. Every single month, we give away a hundred dollars to someone who is struggling or someone who's going through um, any um, temporary financial setbacks. Uh, this month, I know it is literally the last day of the month. <laughs> But we are still looking for someone to give, um, to sow uh, a seed, a $100 seed to. Um, if you know anyone, please uh, have them connect with me, reach out to me. Um, they can DM me, you know, whatever. Just have them reach out to me. We are looking to bless somebody with $100. And we are also going to throw in a new um, a new item. Um, my co-host, Marcus Witherspoon, he has... Uh, his his family, they have a clothing line now. It's called Aprons of Joy. Uh, for those who are recommending someone or if you need if you need help, whatever it is, and you want to, you know, put your name in the hat to receive a blessing from us. Not only will you receive one hundred dollars from us, but you'll also receive uh, a free item from Aprons of Joy, whether it's that whether it's a hoodie, a T-shirt, whatever. You know, whatever floats your boat, you know, we're throwing that in there as well. So you get $100 plus a hoodie. I believe the hoodie may be around $40. So that's that's really a good deal. You get that for free. Uh, And of course, you get a lot of love and prayer and support from us as well. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Uh, But, you know, that that is our hearts, you know, goal for this year. You know, just giving, um, being an, an action driven ministry. Versus just always talking about, you know, this is what the church ain't doing. Just that, you know, we, we, we're moving away from that, you know, and we're moving towards, okay, these are, these are the solutions. This is what we're going to do about it. Um, and so I, that, that has been the approach and that's always going to be the, um, the approach going forward. So that being said, we're going to take a quick, uh, little break, uh, play a couple of videos from the sponsors, um, pay some bills. And of course, we'll be back. <laughs> when we hop back, we're going to hop into um, Paul's testimony. And then we're going to talk about the dangers of trends and influences. So please stick around. It's really it's really good. Really good stuff. I promise you, it's really good stuff. You do not want to miss what we're about to talk about. So. Hey, my name is Brandy Banks, and I am the founder of the Forgiveness Movement. The forgiveness movement is all about acknowledging that we are forgiven by God. No matter how tremendous the act that we do, no matter how many times we do the act, God has forgiven us. And because God has forgiven us, we are commanded to forgive others. And that's family, friends, those who we feel have done us 
past unforgiveness, past healing. The forgiveness movement is all about healing for yourself. It's not about necessarily letting those people back in, but it's about healing within and releasing that hurt so you can move on. If you'd like to find out more about the forgiveness movement, go to Facebook and type in the forgiveness movement. I pray. I pray for our healing. I pray. I know you feel it. I know you feel it. Just let it all be forgiven. Now, Mark Everett ended up being so good at track and field, and he is the team leader and owner of Primetime Scouting. Mark made three Olympic teams. Okay. Mm. That is the top three in America, and pretty much that's the top three in the world anytime you make an Olympic team. So he's been on the top list forever. Um, multiple world records, multiple you no know, world championships. I mean, the guy was ridiculous. In 2018, I uh, got laid off from teaching at a school I've been at for 20 years. I happened to be looking at the video blurb. Mark does a one to five minute blurb every day. And Mark's on there and he says, hey, if you're a student or a student athlete and you would like to be recruited, inbox me. And if you're interested in being a scout, inbox me. So I get on the phone with Mark. And we begin talking again. He tells me what I'm about to tell you. And I tell him, that's the most awesome thing I've ever heard in my life. I said, how do I become a part of the team? How do I help? How do I get down? Mark says, you're hired. I said, excuse me? He said, you're hired. I'm going to teach you. We're going to teach you how we scout on behalf of these kids and parents, the ones who get skipped over and looked over in primetime. And for people who don't know, parents and everybody out there in TV land, radio, if you have a 3.0 and a fair ACT SAT score, all the Division III schools will allow you to come to their university. They will give you an academic package and you're allowed to go play any sport. I don't care if it's ping pong, baseball, basketball, they'll let you play it and do it. So coach came up with primetime scouting and brought in a bunch of other scouts like myself. Every scout in primetime scouting talks to at least 30 schools to 30 coaches every day. And every scout in primetime works for every student athlete. So if there's a student athlete we have in Arizona, every scout in primetime, everybody that you see on their website, they're working behind the scenes for that kid. A kid in Maine, Florida, we even have an international division uh, with the great Diane Dixon that we can even help kids get over here and figure out how to go to school. We're the cheapest company in the world and the only one with a money back guarantee that if a student or a student athlete that comes into primetime, if we cannot find them a guaranteed scholarship, athletic, academic grants or whatever, we will fund the parents 100% their money back. No questions asked. But there's one thing, guys. We are 100% in that area. We have never failed in finding kids a guaranteed scholarship to go to college. We get scholarships for the kids. We get them recruited. We get them looked at by these universities, administration, coaches, that whole thing. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. So definitely please check out, um, you know, Primetime Scouting. Um, we've had some great success with them so far. We've had some um, people who signed up with them um, and they have seen a lot of um, positive, positive feedback. When I say positive, I'm talking about their kids are getting scholarships. Wow. Uh, we had Coach Ellis on uh, a few, uh, I think it was about a couple of months back. Um, and he shared with us um, the intent and the heart behind primetime scouting. You know, they are the cheapest organization company in the world um, to help you. You get your student, your high school student who is getting ready to go off to college and they and they have so many student loans and all this other stuff. They're helping your college student get an academic or or a um, collegiate sport scholarship, whatever. They're helping your child get into college with no money period there all all the money will be covered I, I i remember talking to coach ellis a couple of times and he told me how they have a, a couple of students in the program now um and i'm not talking about just one it's a couple it's more than more than well, actually be more than two but how they have already found them millions of dollars in scholarships from different colleges all over the country wow and, I think that, you know, they're doing a tremendous work. They're well connected. They can get your kid into college and in a good scholarship uh, so that they're not, you know, worrying about the student loan debt or coming out with debt. Um, honestly, you know, kids are being taken care of while they're in college as well. So it's not limited to just, you know, sport scholarships, you know, 
whatever sport your child may play, that is awesome. There's money out there for them. But it's also, um, you know, open to those who are very smart geniuses, you know, you know, you, you need an academic scholarship. You know, they're looking out. So check yeah. out uh, Primetime Scouting, Coach Ellis. Uh, if you need to get connected, please let me know or reach out directly to Coach El- uh, Albert Ellis. His name is Albert Ellis here on Facebook um, and also the forgiveness movement. So me and Brandy, uh, if you uh, follow the podcast closely, we did a or we recently did a um, um a Bible study this past Friday night. Uh, we covered First uh, Corinthians chapters four, five, and six. Um, it's available now. No, just four or five. We didn't go to six. Um, it's available now on YouTube. Please check it out. Um, it was a great conversation. Uh, it was a really good conversation. A really good study. Um, the week prior to that, I did a Bible study um, on council culture in the church, breaking down First Corinthians chapters one, two, and three. Uh, it was a lot. <laughs> right. It was a lot in that. I'm not even gonna lie. It was a lot. It was a lot of good stuff. So definitely check it out. Um, you know, we're we're doing everything we can with this one faith platform to give you guys um legit good content. Um this is our way of, of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ um in our own unique way. Amen. And you know, Marcus does his beating the odds. I haven't done my uh, a couple minutes. <laughs> Right. In a minute, uh, I, I recorded one and I haven't released it yet. Um, I might just release it tomorrow, just for the for the cause of it, um, or I may just record one later tonight. I don't know, but um, you know, either way, you know, we have content for you guys, um, and we're not you know lacking in any area. So please check it out uh, and get connected. So, Amen. Pastor Ibarra, yes, sir. So, man. You, I remember when we talked. Um, I sh- well, I know I shared my testimony with you, um, and we—that's <laughs> really how we connected. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and I remember we were just going back and forth with our testimony. So, um, if you don't mind, man, let's 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 jump right into it. You know, we we share a similar testimony, a similar story, um, but I know that yours is definitely going to help and bless the people. Um, for those who are wanting to know my testimony and my story, you have to wait. <laughs> right. <laughs> I tell you, bro. Exactly. Um, yeah, get started, bro. Yeah, man. That's that's uh thank you. Um, and also, um, I'm just I'm just gonna put it out there. Set Free Life is going to donate that hundred dollars. Um, I will get that to you after the show. You just tell oh, me where to send it and uh I love getting plugged in with people that are actually doing something. You know what I'm saying? Um, not a bunch of wolf tickets. I mean, that's just that's just who I am. It's like when I see it and I sense it and I see the video and I see them doing something. That's that's an impact, man. And when you're when when you're touching the community and you're and you're helping, that's the commission. And so going towards my my testimony was, you know, I mean, th- th- that's a loaded question because my testimony there's so many angles, and so. You know, drugs, alcohol, everyone's heard this testimony, you know, in the streets, drugs and alcohol, gang banging, dope dealing, yada, yada, yada. But my what I believe my my testimony was, is that through my life, because of the anger, the bitterness, the rejection, never knew my father, um, abandoned by my father, never knew him, never seen him, saw pictures of him. And that was it. Um, raised with my stepfather, you know, he rest in peace. Um, we never, after 12 years old, I never seen him. Um, just some real bad stuff went on. Um, and, uh, you know, God bless him. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, there was a lot of the attributes, the anger, the abuse, um, the, all the craziness that happened in the home, the molestation, all of that with my sister and my mom being abused. I was being abused, um, caused a lot of anger to rise up. And so, uh, you know, going through schools, I mean, we try, we, we jumped ship probably, I went to probably five different high schools. Uh, so I was never, I was always chasing an idea uh, an identity that I did not know. Um, didn't know who I was, uh, was raised Jehovah witness. That's a whole nother testimony in itself. Um, but you know, still, <laughs> right. That's that's a, that's what I'm saying. It's like, which one do you want to know? Uh, because you know, bound to religion, you know, gr- raised, you know, probably two, three years old, all the way to 12 years old. Um, just knew what I couldn't do, 
didn't know what I could do. Um, and so it's like, okay, well, <laughs> scratch this. I'd rather be out there with, with some freedom. And uh, so anyhow, sent him to prison. I was 12 years old. We moved to Washington state um, with cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff. And it was, it was, it was awesome. But at the same time, I was this lonely kid, 12 year old kid, 13, 14, 15, that uh, didn't know his way, you know, and really truly didn't know his way. And so, you know, through that time after 15 years old, moved back to California. And then that's when all the, the life of, of dope began, you know, really started smoking a whole lot of weed, really started drinking a whole lot. Um, till I was about 20, 25, 26 years old. It was probably 10, 11 years of, of just being in that atmosphere of hustling, um, slinging, uh, just living the life, what I thought was the life. You know, you see the money, you see the power, you see the girls, you see all the all of that. Um, you know, you look at a at a Dr. Dre video. That's what California really is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, back then, at least. I don't know about now. I haven't been there in 20 something years. So truth be told, it was a lifestyle. I mean, it, there was there was no no way out of that. And so it, it, it just got to a point where I was. I was tired of being tired. I was tired of being me and uh, the drugs and the alcohol really weren't the problem. It was me. It was like me and really started dealing with me. And when I left California, I went a whole year of just being sober, uh, got on a sales crew, um, started selling cleaner door to door, uh, started uh, just living my life and really, try, really starting to figure out who I was um, just getting away from my environment. And uh, I was one of those that's like, man, you can you can change in your environment, this and that. And for me, not not truth at all. Um, I was just a product of where I was. And uh, it was easier for me just to go back to who I was. And so getting on the sales crew ended up in Ohio and about two or three years into it, um, got a job with somebody who was able to lead me to the Lord. So from 2000. Two to 2004 and a half was this span of me getting my life together, um, getting established. I was 28, 29 years old, finally got my license, my driver's license, never had one before, uh, just had warrants and I couldn't get my license for like a year and a half because I had to keep writing letters back to California to release all my warrants. I had like seven, probably six or seven warrants that were outstanding couldn't get a license in any state. Um, it was just this mess. But I believe that that was the process that God had me going through until the moment that I met him. And that moment was um, right about 2003-ish, 2004. Um, was at a job, was a very good salesman, was working for this call center and and just rocking and doing my thing. Um, and on comes this, you know, I was 28, 29 years old. On comes this young 21-year-old girl. And the rest is history, right? Um, but the the crazy part about it is she was a Christian and she was married, but she was married to this way older guy. And so me being me being the manipulator that I used to be, uh, <laughs> you know, told her it, it, it was God's will. It I like it had to be God's will because, you know, he sent you to me and me to you. The minute that I said that my life turned upside down. Because it was like crazy from one day to the next. It's like everything fell apart. Wow. I mean, within a month's time, I was getting evicted from my apartment. My license was almost getting suspended. Just this craziness. And I ended up staying at a friend, uh, a friend of mine's house um, in a trailer in Ohio in this real rural town. Um, and it was rat infested. I mean, literally rat infested and uh, got to a point where I'm like, I can't keep living like this. I was at a job, but I wasn't happy. I was frustrated. I was just in this place of decision of what am I going to do now? And I literally prayed. I said, I don't know who you are. All I knew was Jehovah. That's all I knew. You know, Jehovah God, if you're out there, I don't even know who I'm praying to. But if you got something better for me, this is what I need. And within that, within that morning, I went to work. It was a Saturday morning. 
within five hours, I had another job. Um, and the job that I got didn't know until two or three months later that it was the the owner of the company was going to lead me to the Lord. And so in that time, man, I was going to church, I was playing church, I was doing church, but it was January 9th of 2005 is when I, when I literally got saved. Like I was talking earlier about, you know, I got saved in a church, but I really got saved on my couch, just balling out to God. I was making good money. Again, had a nice car, has a nice apartment. Everything was good, but the inside was broken. And I had been going to church for close to a year. And I'm like, I, I can't carry this weight. I can't carry this burden, this anger, this bitterness, this rejection, all this stuff. I can't carry it no more. So I literally went to church. And that's the day that I got saved. I mean, just it was powerful. And I, I had prayed to God, like, shake me loose of all of this. The crazy part about it is when I got to church, this girl, which is still one of my best friends, was singing this song and she was very sick of cancer, very sick. And uh, I didn't know her at the time. I just saw the anointing. I, I, I literally didn't know what that was that just made me gravitate to her because, you know, I was fresh in the Lord. I didn't know what anointing was. I didn't know what that was. Um, so she was literally prompted a week prior to sing a song by, I believe it's, uh, I forget her name, but Shake Yourself Loose. And so she's literally, yes, yes. So she's literally singing the song that I had prayed, Lord, shake me loose of all these chains. I get to church and I'm bawling when I'm driving. I mean, I'm bawling like, God, I'm going to be the first one at that altar. I don't know what an altar is. I don't know what that's all about. I see people falling out and stuff. That's some weird stuff going on, but I'm going, I, I just know that I got to get there. Right. And bro, when I got into that building, man, she is singing and she was, she literally was prompted by the Holy spirit a few days prior to sing that song. She was in a place in her, in, in her life where the doctors told the family, you guys just need to make arrangements because she ain't going to make it. The pastor's wife is like, are you sure you, you need to come and sing? She said, the Lord is telling me to come and sing, bro. That was this intersection that happened. The Holy Ghost with Polly Barra and with her, this whole thing. I walk into that church building, dude, and no one's laying hands on anybody. But I literally saw the hand of God sweep to the church. Wow. Like no churchy thing. This was God. Like I walked in and I hear her singing this song and I'm bawling my eyes out. I get to the front. I had, I didn't know what was going on. I was up there for probably, there was no service. It was just worship. The whole, she's singing the song the whole time. I felt like, I literally felt like God was extracting all of my sin, was extracting all of the burden, was extracting all of the doubt, the insecurity. I mean, everything. I'm getting emotional just, just thinking about it because that whole time I'm standing there, bro, and I'm just bawling my eyes out. And I'm giving my heart to Christ. And prior to this, my boss, him and I were at each other's throats where he was literally going to fire me. He was going to let me go. He didn't know what to do with me anymore. He was the only one, rest in peace. He was the only one that was standing behind me, holding my hands up while I was worshiping God. Wow. And when I turned around, bro, wrecked me. I looked at him and I said, wow. Uh -huh. And at that moment, bro. We hugged and it was, we were family, straight up family. So long story short, all that happened. But then that's where, that's where the intersection came because it wasn't the drugs and alcohol. And that's what I tell people. Listen, if you can stop doing dope for 30 days, you can stop doing dope for 90. And I tell them all the time, just stop doing dope and I'll work with you. Okay. They come back 30 days. All right, coach, I'm done. All right, cool. Go another 30 days. But I thought you were going to work with me. I am. I am working with you. I'm telling you what to do. I'm telling you to go and stay sober. After the 60 days, they come back. All right, coach, I'm ready. Cool. Go another 30 days. It gets in into their mind because I let them know, listen, it ain't the drugs and the alcohol. I was I was burdened with, with myself. Mm. I had to be freed from myself. That's right. Wow. Yeah. And so through that, through that, it was, that was 2000, January 9th of 2005. 
when our ministry set free launched was exactly eight years later, January 9th of 2013. The number eight represents what? New beginnings. We didn't, bro, we didn't plan to start set free January 9th of 2013. But for some, I was putting the sermon together. I was putting this, the, everything together. And I'm like, why am I continuing to look at this date? Uh-huh. And I looked at the date and I'm like, oh my God, set free is launching January 9th of 2013. Full circle, bro. Full circle. So that whole eight years is the journey that God took me on to get to the place to understand that it's about true deliverance. And this is where I get the whole concept of the after. Yeah. That experience at the altar was phenomenal. Awesome. Uh But that ain't it, bro. That ain't it. That's just where it starts. And I tell people this all the time. What's your after? What are you doing after that experience? Because that's an experience. It's a good one. Yep. It's a great experience. But what you're going to do with the power mm. that happened at that altar? And so through that, man, that's where everything just came. Man, I know that I've kind of gone everywhere, but bro. Nah, you good, man. Like I said, man, there's so much. There's so much in my story that I'm like, I just, I tell people, I don't, I don't know where to start. <laughs> I don't even know where to end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm still that work, man. I'm mm-hmm. still working out the after, bro. Yeah. You yeah. know? And shout out Pastor, Pastor P, uh, who's watching around with us, Pastor Petaway. The after. And, uh, and that's exactly what, I mean, I, I feel like when we talk, that's what wrecked us. Because <laughs> I was telling you, it was like, man, when that chick prayed for me, <laughs> and it just changed my life. Yes. Uh, the after. The after, man. What was the after? You're looking at the after of what happened when that girl prayed for me. Like, and that was the the I would say the 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 what what needed to happen in order for me to take that next step forward. And it's like, man, I mean, it's the same with you, like the after. Eight years after you got saved, the Lord placed this ministry right in your lap. That's nobody but God, man. Mm-mm. That's nobody but God. And it was, it's so funny you talked about, um, <laughs> I know we don't have much time, <laughs> but you talked about the weed and, and alcohol. It was funny because like a couple of weeks ago, we literally was talking about that. We, we, we hit on it briefly, but we didn't go really deep into it because, so I did a, a room in Clubhouse um, with me and Keith Giles. Uh, we did a room talking about God um, without politics or religion. Um, and we had a guy that, that hopped on stage and, and was talking about weed and was asking about how uh, weed is, since weed is good and, you know, it's part of the earth and this, that, and the third, you know, it's good because God says good. He said, and, and he, you know, he referenced Genesis, you know, how God made everything in yep. weed and it was great. Right. And so it was like, bro, like, <laughs> You're like, all right, Smokey. Right, <laughs> you, want, you want us to affirm the fact that you know that you know make you feel good about smoking weed like no yeah. dude the minute that you allow that thing to serve a purpose greater than what it was intended for come on that's when you step into the realm of this is an idol and yeah. i'm now becoming a slave to that idol but what did christ say we are no longer slaves to sin Right. That's not what we're a part of. So it's like when 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 you think about that weed, alcohol, those things, those vices that we kind of gravitate towards, you know, to help us get through tough times. I said this a couple weeks ago. I thank God that I'm in a place that I don't have to cling to those things anymore as coping mechanisms. Come on, bro. The Holy Spirit. Come on. Things get hard. I fall on my knees and pray. My, my first inclination is not to go get a drink. It's, it's God, I need your help. What can I do to make this thing better? Or how can you change me in the midst of all of this? Or Come how on. can this situation change? Like, that is my motive. Yeah. And I've never been to submit to those other vices that I feel that a lot of people, uh, hum- I don't say humbly, but yeah, humbly submit to. Versus just really turning to God. God is our source, man. He's everything that we need. 
Everything mm-hmm. that we want is all wrapped up in him. Amen. We once we get that notion or get that under understanding, everything else, man, will just fall in place. Yes. Yeah. Man, you are saying a mouthful, man. Like, like I tell people, all right, so okay, so cool. You can quote Genesis, seed bearing fruit. I get it. I get it all. But like you said, when you start using it for for other pleasures rather than medicine, mm-hmm. there's a problem there. You know what I'm saying? And I was in that position when I when when you guys first did that the the clubhouse earlier today. Uh-huh. I literally went for a walk because I was trying to figure out my website, trying to get that link hooked up for 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 my uh, 10 tips. Uh-huh. Man, I was so frustrated. I literally started walking and the guy that created the website, he wasn't available. So I'm like, ah. so I, I said, you know what, baby, I'm going for a walk. I went for a walk and I literally said, you know what, Lord? If it's, if, if it's you, then create this thing to work. Yeah. Bro, I got home. No more than two minutes later, dude text me. He's like, that's weird. It ain't working. I said, yeah, man. I said, if you can go in and just see what, if I did something wrong, mm-hmm. now get this. So websites have those pop-ups, right? We couldn't get them to pop up. The minute that he took them off the pop-up and put it on the banner, uh-huh. now that I went to the website, they were both trying to pop up. And I'm like, <laughs> this ain't nothing but the devil, man. And so to your point, uh-huh. it's like going to God saying, all right, God, this, this is yours. And so literally went in there, fixed it all. I'm like, all right, cool. But I learned something again today. I'm like, you know what? If I'm so focused on, on, on my own power. This ain't going to work. Yep. And so this is where it's vital that as human beings, as Christians, right? If we profess this, then we need to count on him. Yeah. Right. We have the power. We have the strength. Yes. Jesus rose and, and all of that. I get it. But when we humbly submit ourselves to him, and that's what I've learned this season in this last year, total submission, total trust. We moved to Colorado by faith. We sold our house in Texas by faith. Two people didn't have a job and we're sitting in a house double the size that we had in Texas. I'm running my own business. It ain't where I want it to be, but God is taking care of everything. My wife is working. We both work from home. God knew he had to give us a bigger house because we both work from home. So she got the the east wing. I got the west wing. You know what I'm saying? So God is that good, man. He is that good. And he doesn't just save us so we could just be here, but he saves us. And what did Jesus say? John 10, 10. I have come to give them life in that life more abundantly in every area. Not just heaven, you know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. that's that's just that's where I'm at, man. I'm just passionate about about God. I'm passionate about about being real and having real conversation with real people who want real results from a real Jesus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's just that's where I'm at, man. I love it, bro. I love it, man. Yeah. I appreciate you uh, for coming on this on the podcast, coming on the show. Uh, we didn't even get to the dangers of influence. I may have to. I may have to come back and just do that as a, as a Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it'll be this week, maybe next week, because I, I got a lot going on this week. Yeah. But, uh, but thank you so much for, um, for being a part of the podcast. How can people reach out to you and, and get connected with you? Awesome. Uh, you can reach me here on Facebook, facebook.com uh, forward slash coach Paul Ibarra. You can also go to our like page, wake up in the word. We are live every single morning, 630 a.m. Central. Um, you can also we we also just launched our men's fellowship last week. So we do it every Thursday night, 630 Mountain Time. So it's 830 Eastern Time. And you can uh, register so you can get the email at uh, setfreelife.net forward slash the King's Men. Um, and you can register. I can get those emails out to you. We had a we had a blast. We had Chris Archuleta showed up last week. Um, a few guys, um, Antonio Landis, a, a few guys that I met from Clubhouse. And so we we meet. We have real conversation, like straight conversation. Like, what are your issues? How can we help you? And this is what God has called us to do. And uh, so that's where you can find me. But you can find me anywhere at setfreelife.net. Um, you can email me at recoverycoach at, at um, setfreelife.net. Everything's atti- attached to setfreelife.net. So that's that's who I am. Amen. Amen. Everybody, Coach Paulie Barr, man. 
Thank you so much. Thank you guys for uh, listening, for being a part of the podcast. Uh, Catch us next week. Our um, new series kicks off uh, and we are kicking it off with a minister. I may be saying her title wrong, so um, please charge to my head, not my heart. But (laughs) Kimberly McLean, uh, we are kicking off the Holiness is Still Right um, series with the young preachers. It's going to be fire, y'all. So please make sure you tune in and be a part if you're watching um, this on a delayed basis or if you're listening to this on a delayed basis. Please be a part and support. Thank you again, Pastor Ibarra. We love you. God bless you, man. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.